For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. <laughs> it would be a war spot, eh? Evening Wolves fans, welcome to your latest match preview episode for this weekend's game away to Newcastle United. I'm going to be your host this evening, Little Dan. Alongside with me, I've got the stalwart of the Wolves fancast, Rich Hobbs. How are we? We're good, we're good. Apart from, I was going to say apart from the snow, because it came a bit of an anticlimax by 10 o'clock. Like, whole world shut down by 10 o'clock. It was completely normal. Whole day ruined. As, apart from that, as a man with no children, I thought it was just another damning um, example of how weak this country has become. That uh, in the space of twelve minutes, parents were getting messages saying, "Be careful on your way to school this morning," and nineteen minutes later, schools closed. It's it's embarrassing. From from me being probably two foot. 11, walking to school as a junior school kid in the snow. People need to grow up and uh, yeah, really get used to the conditions because things used to be a lot worse in our day. It, it was ridiculous. Like, I mean, I may, I say I managed. I drove my daughter to nursery to get there to find the manager standing by the gate saying, it's closed. We sent an email out last night. And me going, okay, feeling a bit awkward and finding out, getting an email five minutes later telling me it was closed um to then getting my wife then getting very angry and emailing about why we only found out now um of which they said ah well we scheduled the email to go out um last night to go out this morning at 7 23 a.m and my big thing with that is why 7 23 it feels like such a weird make it 20 past or i, I don't know but yeah it kind of puts a bit of a kibosh on your entire day when it was completely fine two hours later but that, that's why those people like me who, who are continuously running this country i've all i'm already on my way to work by 723 it's an absolute it's, joke exactly. let's let's try and let's try and crowbar this back to a walls chat making yeah. his debut on the walls fancast tonight is aiden low um fantastic spawn of recent guest uh alex low as you can hear by his accent, he's not a back, black country born and bred lad. Uh, Alex told us the story about uh, how you became a Wolves fan and how you rightfully made the, the correct decision in the long run. But just, just give us a repeat of how you came about being a Wolves fan, Aiden. Right, so basically, so it's not the, I'm not too proud of it. I mean, I know um, my, my Wolves mates give me a few pelts about it, you know, not being from Wolverhampton and everything. But yeah, as a young lad, I was... Um, 
I got I got into football through the 2010 World Cup, and um, I, I think it was it come straight after that he puts a post of QPR v Wolves in my fridge, and uh, I didn't really have a team sport back then. Didn't really, only I was six years old, didn't really have a clue to sport. But um, he, I found it funny that Wolves beat QPR uh, first and foremost, and then also I, I like the fact they were like an underdog as well. Like all my mates, you know, being from Watford, the top six fans, you know, you get the older. Uh, Man United fans who've never set foot in Manchester in their life, and um, yeah, it all stemmed from that really. Like, I like the badge as well, to be to be perfectly honest. But mm. I mean, it's not the best reason. But you know, when you when you pick a team and when you proper get a connection to it, you you, you can't. It's not gonna it's not gonna stop you. Everyone's a Wolves fan deep down. They just haven't seen the golden light yet. I've got Pete waiting for me in the in the lobby. I'm going to bring him in from the Loudy Mag um, NUFC YouTube channel in a few seconds. But we're just going to do a quick bit of housekeeping. If you head over to our Wolves Twitter page at Wolves Fancast, you'll see that we're giving away two tickets to Wolves legend Dave Edwards' charity match against his boiled club Shrewsbury, which is being played on the 26th of March. There is also a raffle for which you can... Uh, win a place on either side. Uh, Wolves' side uh, was announced today via Dave Edwards' social media channels. You've got Dave Edwards, uh, Carl Emery, Carl Akimi, Jody Craddock, Michael Mancien, uh, Matt Jarvis, Chrissy Wellamo, George Alicobi, Kevin Foley, Michael Gray, uh, Stephen Ward, David Jones, Sam Ricketts, Richard Stearman, Matty Hill, uh, Stephen Hunt, Leon Clark, Marlon Harewood and... A guy who's getting a lot of Twitter uh, a bit annoyed at this charity match, it's Jamie O'Hara. Guys, it's it's a great charity. It's going to be a great day. Get, get yourself down to Shrewsbury. Show your appreciation to Dave Edwards, who pretty much one season, pretty much saved us with his goal team and held Costa. And whilst you're there, just give Jamie O'Hara a bit of abuse. It's just let, make, make a day of it. Just enjoy yourself. That's what, we, that's what we're there as uh, Wolves fans to do. Love and hate our players. In uh, droves. Um, out of that side, Rich, uh, what, which wall sort of took you all that you got, you're glad of making the appearance? Um, I, I guess uh, I know first and foremost, Carla Kimi, because this is surely like the third. I know he did that training session, was it a year ago? But I think, yeah, this with was um, probably, Tony Roberts, yeah, yeah, I think this might be like his first actual <laughs> game. One thing that strikes me is you've got quite a number of players who play in similar positions, which I guess that happens. But, you know, you've got Ella Kobe, Mickey Gray, Matt Hill. Who's going to be playing left back? I know none of them can make the 90 minutes, but there's competition for spaces there for me. Um, Rich, you've missed Stephen Ward there. There's another left back. He'll always be a striker in my eyes. Um, No, exactly. You know, we're talking four left backs, you know, it's going to be tricky. I think maybe Stearman, because I think off the top of my head, he's the only one who's still playing. I think Michael Manson's still got to be playing, surely. I don't know. He, he must be. Um, I just have no idea uh, where, to be honest. He is. Is it Burton, of all places? Yeah. Uh, good men go to die. Um, no. Um, I think Jamie O'Hara, just because from following on social media as well, he seems to do quite a lot of these testimonial charity games as well. And I think he's still, despite everything else about him, is probably still quite a half-decent football, unfortunately. 
obviously, Aiden, you talked about how you became a Wolves fan back in uh, 2010. A lot of those players were uh, key for us in our promotion just before that 2010. Uh, what what players stand out for you there? Obviously, a bit you're a bit young, but some of those players were in yeah. in the Wolves uh, Premier League era as a, as a youngster. Yeah, definitely. There's a few uh, my favourite says to be honest. Um, uh, Jarvis stands out. Uh, I love Jarvis. He was definitely my favourite. Uh, but yeah, along with Hunt and a Kobe Foley, Stephen Ward. But I mean, obviously, like it's nice to see a key mate. To be honest, after everything that happened, it'll be um, be nice to see him back out there. So yeah. Say, um, as Ponte a delay is... on in the comment section saying uh, Ella Carby will play where he likes and no one will argue with him. And to be honest, I can't disagree yeah. at all. What are you going to say there, Rich? I was going to say just one for the uh, corrections and clarifications corner, Dan, um, regarding Michael Mancien. He didn't actually ever play for Burton. I think for the last club we signed him in uh, 2020, 21, but he didn't actually play for him. The last club he apparently played for was New England Revolution. Well, MLS, where, where good players go to retire slash die. Um, sorry to our American viewers. The MLS will get there one day, maybe not in my lifetime, but uh, let's, let's keep supporting the MLS. There's still a few good players who have graced the uh, the pitch over the pond there. Just going back to this charity match, um, Dave Edwards and uh, the Little Rascals Foundation, uh, as I mentioned, are raffling a place off for either side. You can uh, enter for £5, which is donated to the charity at uh, shop.foundationstfc.co.uk forward slash product hyphen category hyphen fundraising. I'm going to be having a go. I know quite a few of my mates who are all uh, having a go. It's like I said, it's a, a great cause, the Little Rascals Foundation. And um, like I said, a, a once in a lifetime opportunity to play with some ex-Wolves and Shrewsbury Legends if um, you that way inclined. This week is game week 27 of the Premier League and I joined Pete of the Loaded Mag NUFC YouTube channel last night to spend two hours fawning over Newcastle approaching the Champions League places. It was a long night for me, but it's always a pleasure to go on their channel. I've got Pete with me tonight. Uh, how are you doing, Pete, since we last spoke? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, just been uh, checking out a few pictures and I... Uh... We came across this on Loaded Mag, and so I just thought I'd show it to you. It's uh, something you might recognise. Rich did say you had a present for me, and like Rich, you, Rich, you might not be aware of the of the full story, but um, back in I think it was December time, maybe early January during the transfer window, Pete decided to DM me out of nowhere with no hello, mate, how are you? Happy New Year! With Ruben Neves might be coming to Newcastle. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> and um, in an impolite uh, response, um, I told Pete that next time he needs to say hello first before he tries to talk to me about taking our illustrious captain love of our life away from me. What, what's your opinions on Ruben Neves possibly joining Newcastle United, Rich? Do you think it's plausible? Um, I don't think it's implausible. I don't necessarily know if he's the I don't kind of know how he fits in and how he differs from Bruno Gimaresh greatly from from that perspective. In terms of Neves himself, I, I, I don't quite see it. But 
I don't know, because I think his stocks dropped a little bit, Neves, in, in the last kind of couple of years. And it, the World Cup didn't necessarily help him. But I don't know. It, he'd almost be signing up for another project. And he, he's had that at Wolves for half a decade now. And he, don't get me wrong, where Newcastle's starting from in their project compared to Wolves being in, you know, seven, what was it, that 14th in the championship when he technically joined. I don't know. If I was Ruben Neves at this point in his career, I'd be trying to get that next step up beyond beyond a Newcastle, even if, let's say, Newcastle are that little bit of a step beyond us at the moment, personally. But he doesn't have a lot of options, I don't think, because I think if the club wanted to sign Nevis, they'd have nabbed him by now, and they kind of haven't done. And there's always been sort of a bit of hearsay around United or Arsenal, but nothing's really that concrete. So, you know, may, maybe Newcastle, with their money, if they're willing to sort of put £50 million on the table for him and really test Wolves resolve... Be interesting to be interesting to see, but uh, yeah, I, he, for, from my perspective, he's quite similar to Gemresh in that regard. So I'd know it's how you get those two very good midfielders working together for me. It's like I said last night, Peter, you'd be an absolute upgrade when Gimenez goes to Real Madrid. Um, Aiden. What's your opinion on um, Ruben Neves possibly going to Newcastle? What sort of transfer fee do you think Wolves should be looking for for Ruben Neves? Last night, I was, I was quoting to Pete on his channel, maybe sort of £35 because he's only got one year left on his contract. But what do you think is a fair Neves based on the fact he's one year left on his contract? Um, well, I mean, to us, I think he's he's worth about... 70 80 million odd, but I mean, like you say, like obviously, he's going into his final year of uh, of his contract, and I feel like for what he's done for the club, it's sort of like a big team, maybe probably not Newcastle, but a bigger team, like, um, I can guarantee him like uh, Champions League football, maybe stri- straight away, like a, a solid place in the starting 11. Um, if they c- come in for him, like for a, for a lower fee, maybe it's like we sort of owe it to him, but I mean. Then again, like his football don't really work like that. So um I don't know. I mean with Newcastle, like Richard says, like he he's a he's a tad similar to uh Gamares. And um yeah, like, there's no guarantees in Newcastle. Maybe it's a, a, a bit more of a sideways move. Like I don't know, I think there's potentially if Barcelona came in for him or potentially Man United, Liverpool, uh, yeah, I think more likely more likely to them. Yeah, we, we did talk about it quite in depth last night, didn't we, Pete? Um, where, do you feel Neves and Gimoresh could play together or, or is, is there a whole different style of play that it would have to be tweaked to accommodate that? I, I think they complement each other really well, if I'm honest. Um, we, we are currently trying to... Uh, we, we're looking for sort of a, a deep-line midfielder um, that can allow Bruno Gamera to play further forward. If, if you're not aware already, we play with a midfield three. So we almost play with two eights and one six. 
And Bruno, for a long part, has been playing that sixth role. But at the back end of last season, he was so effective in the number eight role and able to play those killer passes moving forward. We almost need someone like that or someone can that can interchange, that can play the six and the eight. And, and from the sounds of it and from what you said last night, Dan, um, you know, Neves has, has sort of done that for you guys um, in parts this season as well. So I actually think that they'd complement each other well. Uh, adding into that, you know, Neves is very, very good with the board. He likes to keep the board. He's nice and tidy. Great, good, great creative passing. And we need more creativity in the team. And look, let's not forget his ability to score from deep. It's the one thing that we're probably lacking in our team and he would bring that to us. So for me, for me, it would be a no-brainer. Now, I was shocked last night that you mentioned around the 35 million. I didn't know he had a year left in his contract, but I'm of the mindset that, that you guys, like uh, Aiden said, that you guys are going to want more from him because he's such an important component to your team. But look, I have to say, first and foremost, my, like after that point, thank you for having me on the channel. I didn't get a chance to say that first uh, first up. And and Julie is absolutely right in the chat. Um, I, I of course I'm, I'm winding you up just like just like Dad did to his last night. So it's just a just a bit of friendly banter. That's <laughs> Yeah, it's just it is all banter. That's what one of the things I love most about appearing on your channel is the is the friendly community you've got in the comment section. Because like you said, on a lot of a lot of other channels, it's it's very toxic at times. And uh, Georgia Toon for life, uh, he's uh, he the, he she may be joining us um, based on last night's performance of the two of us and and Rich Story. It was a enjoyable evening. Obviously, there's news coming out tonight that Alan Shearer, uh, uh, Ian Wright are standing by Gary Lineker after the BBC have theoretically suspended him due to, I believe it's impartiality. I don't want to get too much into politics because it's an absolute minefield and uh, we'll end up down a rabbit hole talking about this and that. And it's just, we're a Wolves football channel. We're here to talk about football, what we all love to watch. Uh, as I said, it's game week 27 in the Premier League and there is some big games uh, this weekend starting at tomorrow lunchtime. You have, uh, I believe it's Bournemouth versus Liverpool kicking off the weekend, 12.30 on BT Sport. Everton at home to Brentford, Leeds at home to Brighton, Leicester face Chelsea, Spurs at home to Tottenham and the evening kickoff is Man City going away to Patrick Vieira, who, according to uh, social media today, is uh, having his job security um, sort of being questioned by the Crystal Palace board, which comes as no surprise to me because I've been telling everyone for months that Crystal Palace are in a in dire straits. Wilfred Zaha's off at the end of the season. He's, he's running, his, running his contract down, trying to avoid not getting injured before a big money move somewhere else. Where else are the goals coming from for Crystal Palace? Uh, they're one of my uh, tips to go down um, it, this uh, summer coming. Uh, on Sunday, obviously, it's Fulham versus Arsenal, Man United, Southampton, West Ham versus Aston Villa, and then, obviously, the showpiece of Sunday, which we'll be talking about in depth tonight, Newcastle versus Wolves, 4.30 on Sky Sports. Uh, from today's press conference, Julian Lopetegui um, handed out pizza boxes to all of the uh, journalists in, uh, in the house at Compton after making a deal that next time Wolves got a clean sheet, he would buy them all pizzas. Um, let's just go a bit off tangent at the moment. I had a pizza from Domino's uh, earlier on this evening. What's your pizza of choice, Pete? Um, funnily enough, I've had Domino's to that myself. Uh, so uh, yeah, I had um, uh, mine's mine's a uh, American hot chicken, American chicken hot, something like that. It was called. Um, yeah, really nice. 
So uh, must be a Domino's type of night tonight. Must be. What, what's your uh, pizza of choice, Aiden? Yeah, I'd definitely back a Domino's. Probably be a meat feast, to be honest. Um, yeah, a little while for society, but yeah, no, definitely, definitely agree. I went for the the Domino's cheeseburger pizza with chicken wings as a side. What about you, Rich? What's your tipple of choice when it comes to those uh, pizzas? I was going to say, tend to be on sort of the meat side of things. I do quite like the cheeseburger one. Um, usually I go meat feast. Sides, I like to get the chicken combo. So you get the chicken wings, kicking strippers, and the kickers, the, the free lots, because I'm secretly fat. <laughs> to be honest, so, I, I, I love a Domino's, but it ain't half expensive. I mean, did Lopetegui get the pizzas for the media? Because he's also getting it for the players as well. Because I'm sure, was it Lopetegui? It was Lopetegui who was um, doing it for players as well. So it must yeah, he, he, he has made he has made the de- he has made the deal with the, with the actual squad that every time uh, they keep a clean sheet, he'll he'll take them out for a meal, which is a good incentive. But yeah. when you hear rumours that he doubled his salary from four million pound to eight million pound a year to get the deal done between Wolves <laughs> and himself, you can see why he's making these incentive deals with the squad. Uh, let's go back to the fixtures for game week twenty seven. Obviously Bournemouth away. Uh, sorry, Bournemouth at home to Liverpool at twelve thirty. Um, Rich, uh, I'll come to you first. Where's your money on for the Saturday fixtures? Where's your money for a banker win? Um, uh, for a Banker, if we move beyond, move past sort of Man City, I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think Paris will go down this season because I think there's just three worse teams than them, but they are on that slide down. Um, and as you've so eloquently noticed, Dan, they, they are a nothing football side, they've contributed so little to the game, um, which I kind of agree with. Probably Brighton's your banker there because Leeds again are looking all out of shape for me still. I know they've got a new manager in, but Brighton just are so relentless in how they play. And I know if Leeds aren't anywhere near top form and aren't defensively sound, they'll get ripped apart. So I think, um, yeah, on, on the Saturday, I think Brighton just because you look at some of the other teams that are playing, you know, you've got. You know, Everton, dog shite. Leicester, Chelsea, so inconsistent. Spurs, they must be bad because we beat them. And, and Bournemouth, Liverpool as well. So, yeah, for me, it's, it, Brighton would be where I'm putting my uh, two pence on. I personally don't think Man City's a, a banker of, of Crystal Palace. I know I'll keep tipping them to go down, but... They always seem to struggle um, at Crystal Palace, Man City, to do similar to we do. We, they never seem to get into a rhythm. It's a horrible place to go to. Pep Guardiola regularly moans about their uh, journeys to London and how much of a, a chore it is. I, I feel like Crystal Palace could nick a draw there. It might be one of them games where Man City throw the kitchen sink at it and for whatever reason they can't just get it over the line. I think Spurs will come back um, and absolutely smash Nottingham Forest this weekend. Um, they got beat by us last weekend. They went out of the Champions League this week and they really need to, to start picking up points. And I think they'll be glad to have Nottingham Forest um, at home because Nottingham Forest's away form is absolutely atrocious. Where's your um, money, Pete, for a banker on Saturday? Money for a banker? Um, I'm, I'm going to have to go Brentford. 
Mm-hmm. Have to go Brentford. I, yeah. I, I, I just think Everton um, are destined to get relegated, and I hope they do. Um, I think it's time, uh, in my opinion. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think Brentford uh, are playing very, very well at the moment. Playing some very, very good football, a good attacking football. Um, they destroyed them there. I think last season at Goodison Park, and I, I genu- genuinely feel like they're going to do it again. As a former Newcastle player, Pete, um, Ivan Tony has had this um, pending ban on, on betting charges lingering over his head for a few months now. Can you try and um, provide some some form of logic on how he's still playing games week in, week out? Uh, you know what? He, he's, he's, he's... Go on, go on. Sorry, sorry, Dan. What were we going to say? How can you have a how can you have a charge of that extent? I mean, I think Joey Barton got an eighteen month ban for having half the betting charge that Ivan Tony's got. Either the FA need to suspend him, or this gets quashed. He can't be playing games against some teams and then banned for others. It's yeah, I've got some logic for me there. Um, it's honestly, it's it's a mad mad situation. Anyone. Um, and 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 for me, I don't know if you can hear me. Um, yeah, um, for for me personally, I I think uh, the fact that he's the fact that he's pleaded guilty to a number of them already says to me that he is he, already pleaded that he's guilty. So therefore, why is he not serving the ban now? Now, for me, I think the reason why he's not serving the ban now is because they're going to leave it as late as possible in the season uh, to ensure that whatever ban he gets the off-season is going to take a chunk of it. And I think that's the only logical reason in my head as to why they're doing this. And they're almost looking out for the player, um, which n- no other player, Trippier, w- was was banned um, when he was at Atletico Madrid. But uh, Joey Barton, exactly the same. There are many others that haven't got that same grace, but it's almost like they're looking out for him and they're just kind of holding it back and waiting for the season to die down before they then slap that, that ban on which. For me, I, I don't agree with. Um, you know, f- from a personal point of view, we're in a battle for Europe with, with Brentford, and and taking Tony away from Brentford is, is a big plus to a lot of the teams in and around Brentford. And I think a lot of teams, you know, if Brentford continue on this great run and do p- pick a European place um, at some point, I think there'll be a lot of questions asked. If I'm honest, yeah, I find it. I, I, I genuinely Ivan find it. Ivan now sort of. Uh... Player, is he? Oh. No. no, I might be having a bit of lag. Rich, you take over if I'm really struggling. Aiden, looking at the game week 27 fixtures, where, where's your money on for a team that's uh, guaranteed to win this weekend? Um, yeah, I'd agree. I'd say, I mean, Brighton and um, Brighton and Brentford, they, they're looking very good at the minute. I mean. Yeah, I don't, leaning more uh, more towards Brighton, just Matoma that in that attack, they're just relentless. Like Leeds as well. Like I'm not too sure. But I don't know. Like uh, defensively, aren't great at all. Um, I trust Everton slightly more um, with with Deitch than compared to um, Javi Garcia. But yeah, I think Brighton are going to have too much for them. I think they'll comfortably beat them. 
Pete, obviously, I know you're a um, home and away traveller supporting the tune. Who, who's the best opposition you've, you've come up against this season, in your opinion? Is it, is it a simple answer as Man City or has anyone else taken your eye? Um, I'll be honest with you. I think up until, uh, up until maybe Liverpool, or up until like the Liverpool game just before the cup final, uh, as, a, as an alternative team, I would say outside of that traditional sort of top six, um, I would actually say Brighton. We yeah. played them second, second game of the season um, and it was a nil-nil uh, and we were lucky to get the nil-nil. Um, we, we didn't play well at all. Um, and I thought Brighton very good. They had some really, really good chances. Nick Pope made two or three really big saves that kept us in the game. We ended up getting a point from that and it, it took us through to, to where we are right now. So Brighton, for me, have always stood out, even from early parts of the season. Um, and they are playing some good stuff, really good stuff. Really well organised, well drilled. They've obviously got a new manager now who's just continued that one even more so. Um, and their players just seem to be getting better and better. All, all the time. So, yeah, they're the ones that have kind of really stood out for me, if I'm honest with you. Um, they're, they're the main ones. I think it's a bit of a, it's, it's a bit conclusive, isn't it? I think Brighton have become everyone's sort of favourite team to watch apart from their own recently. When we got battered, I think it was three or four Brighton looked better than Man City players and I thought Brighton at times it felt like they had like 13, 14 players on the pitch they were, they were that relentless and like they um taking them on leaps and from Potter to see how far they can go if they can keep some of their main players like uh, Alexis McAllister and uh, Moses Casado um, in the summer let's Talk about the big game against Newcastle at home to Wolves, 4.30 on um, Sky Sports. You look at the form table there on the right, if you've got good eyesight, uh, Newcastle have lost their last three fixtures, whereas Wolves have won one, drawn one, lost one. It's going to be um, a big game specifically for um, every point in play, but Newcastle needs to get back to, to winning ways, don't they, uh, Pete? Really, really poor form at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's our worst form of the season, um, which, you know, it is strange to say that we're sitting in March and it's and we're going through our worst period. I think it just tells you the type of season that we've had. But it is, um, you know, we've had, a, we've had a couple of defeats. Um, but as we've said, the last few games that we've had are Liverpool, Man United mm. and Man City. So, you know, uh, it's, it's hard to kind of judge where we're at. Um, and in particular, and we talked about this last night, Dan, is that I think it's really important um, to, to say that actually in all three of those games, we're, it's not like we've been hanging on or, or, or been um, at points where we're, we're all over the place. Like we're, we've had moments where we've def- like conceded goals, but we're creating chances. We're pressing teams high. We're still doing all the things that we've been doing all season. We're just not putting the ball in the net. Um, and and that's that's the thing that's really been letting us down. The fact that we're getting chances and we're, we're getting in front of goal, but we're just not putting it in. So at some point, uh, going through this bad rut, and it goes even before those three games, we've had a number of draws even before that, just because we couldn't score. Um, but we were creating chances. And I think once we start putting the, putting the board in the net again and we start building that confidence, I do believe that we'll be okay. And obviously from a Newcastle perspective, we're, we're hoping that Sunday's going to gonna be that, that game. St. James's Park under the lights. It's the perfect chance to kickstart our season again. <laughs> 
obviously massively disappointing to lose the Carabao Cup final to, to Man United and you couldn't really have asked for a worse fixture than Man City away but like you said the, the, the form hasn't been great but you were happy with the performance even though you you ended up 2-0 uh, defeated on the on the day um no I, I, I would have liked a little bit more from from the team I was expected more from the team if I'm honest um but I, I can't I can't argue I can't argue the, the the effort from the players. It wasn't due to a lack of effort. The players give everything, but in just terms of quality, just wasn't there. And but again, we still created. We still did create good chances. Um, but uh, it, it's just one of those. It's it, it's one of those things. You know, it's our first cup final since since like twenty four years since like ninety nine. I think it, it it was. So it's been a long time. There was a lot of build up, a lot of pressure that was added to that. Uh, and I do believe that both Eddie Howe and the players will be better for that. There's no guarantee we'll be back in the cup final next year. But I think Eddie Howe is more determined to ensure that that happens now more than ever. What have you made to a Newcastle season so far, Rich? Impressive. I mean, obviously they, under Eddie Howe and some astute acquisitions last January 2022, I think there was obviously that fear when you had the investment that silly money was going to be spent on silly players, and that wasn't the case. And you know, ha- having someone like Eddie Howell and um, the, the sporting director Dan uh, Ashcroft, I've now completely yeah. bl- blanked on his name. Um, Ashworth, Dan Ashworth. Ashworth. There we go, not Ashcroft. Um, I think stands stands the club in really good stead, and kind of gives you that indication that they're looking to do things right, so to speak, or they've at least got a plan that we're trying to stick to. It's been interesting because the, the, we play, well, Wolves played Newcastle quite early on. It was a 1-1 draw, and from my perspective, not a huge amount really separated besides that day. But Newcastle have this really solid foundation in that from that back five, including the goalkeeper, and you can kind of clearly see, you know, yeah, you've lost your last three to, you know, three of the best teams in the league and a few draws, but it'd be more worrying if you were losing those games. If you know, if you were losing to Bournemouth like we did, you know, if you're losing to West Ham uh, like we did earlier on in the season at, at West Ham, yeah. and that's kind of the difference of you know, as a Wolves fan, I've been where. Newcastle are in terms of being sixth, you know, sixth, seventh in the table and kind of competing up there. And the, you know, it, it's it's kind of rather obvious, but that ability to not lose as many games and to be able to hold out when, yeah, you might not be playing great, but to nick grind out those 1 0, 2 1 wins against teams who are not as good as you. And Newcastle seems to have done that throughout the season. Don't get me wrong, there's been some really stellar performances where you've really put teams to the sword as well, but that defensive structure is what's got you here, but by the sounds of it, because of the lack of goals since January, February time, it's, it, it can always be the thing to hold you back as well, and you know, if, if there's not an awful lot you can do about it until the summer now, because you know, it, it doesn't change overnight, and it might just be, um, you know, is Callum Wilson still is Callum Wilson going to be able to get you fifteen goals a season? It, it, you know, will 
um, the Swedish lad um, Isaac really be able to step up because it seems like he's kind of been very quiet from what I've picked up anyway, but it feels like they're just kind of nurturing him into the side and whether someone like him can make you that, you know, let, let's say Newcastle finish sixth this season, which will be a fantastic campaign for yourselves. It's it will be really difficult for you to continue that next season and to finish sixth next season because someone like Chelsea will improve, and the, the, or for you to be able to kind of go from sixth to fourth, which is which is the aim of Newcastle, and it will be to, and, and you know the aim will be to you need to get a new striker, or you need to have someone who can get you. Fifteen to twenty goals a season, and that was always the thing that held Wolves back. That we had him and Ez, and we didn't have him and Ez, and we never replaced those goals to be a genuine threat um, into that elite section of the table. So, I know I, I'm interested to see. I'm, I'm really intrigued to watch the game because I've not watched an awful lot of Newcastle, and in my very biased head, there's not a huge gap between Newcastle and Wolves. It's only these fine margins which Newcastle are really succeeding at from having, you know, whether it's been having a really consistent goalkeeper all season, having really solid fullbacks, which, you know, it's taken Wolves, you know, 20 odd games into the league season to, you know, have a decent left back in Hugo Bueno, who's now out injured. So, yeah, I, I'm interested to see how the two sides match up against each other. I think the key thing that you you haven't mentioned there, which Wolves haven't been missing, Wolves have been missing a lot this season, is a player like Miguel Almiron's form at the start of the season. We have yeah. just haven't had that standout player, have we? That's had goal contrib- contributions falling out of his boots. Uh, Pete might tell me I'm wrong, but if they win their two games in hand, they will go back into the Champions League places from their current position of six. Um, what's your thoughts on Newcastle, Adam? Do you think Newcastle can make top four this season? Um, I wouldn't say. I mean, it's, it's definitely possible. I mean, with Spurs, Spurs all over shop at the minute. Uh, Liverpool obviously coming back to form that'll be a problem. Chelsea, I don't know, maybe too little, too late. I don't know. Uh, they, I can still, I can still see them getting back on form. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I definitely still think it's possible. But you know, I think it's definitely. I mean, it'll be great for them to get you know any form of Europe this season. I think a lot of their fans will. They'll still happily take that, but um, yeah, not fair play to them. I mean, it's similar to us in and Sheffield United and um, West Ham, Leicester. When you see they have such a brilliant start up until to around about this time, is when you you normally see um, your teams teams like us like properly drop off. But I still think they'll be all right. I mean, with their their backing, the the signings, investment they made. Um, I think they're definitely in a far better position than we were. So, I mean, yeah, like I said, I still think it is possible, but yeah. Uh, Pete, obviously you had your day out at Wembley, which was just great for you. Um, Obviously Newcastle took over London on the Saturday and obviously Wembley on the day. That must have given you an absolute, uh, an appetite for more days like that. And with the owners, surely you believe Europe is imminent not just possible yeah look we've been sitting in and around the top four for most of the season now you know I think most Newcastle fans are thinking we are going to get some form of European football and I think that that is the aim now I think a lot of play a lot of fans maybe around 
December, January time of thinking, yep, yeah, we're getting Champions League, we're getting Champions League. And and that kind of expectation is sort of um, dampened a little bit. Um, but as Aidan said, we're still in the race. Like we, we, you just mentioned it now, we win our two games in hand. We 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 actually go back into into fourth. Um, so it is still very much possible. And I do I do what I do believe that the um, the build up to the cup final uh, and the priority of the, of the semi finals against Southampton home and away they did take priority. Uh, with the players and, and with the club, I think they were so desperate to get to a, a cup final that they went all out, all out for it. And I think we're we're, we're seeing the effects of that now. Um, but now we go back to we're out of the FA Cup, so we go back to one game a week. Uh, players will get rest, um, and we can go at it like we did at the beginning of the season when we were playing really well, and go at one game at a time. Whereas you know, although Tottenham are out of the Champions League, fair enough, but you've got. Man United that are still in, in Europa League, you've got Liverpool at the moment, still in the Champions League. And there are other distractions that are going on there. Then hopefully we can up our form and, and, and take advantage of that. And and look, the next two games, uh, yourselves at home, we've got Forest away before um, before the international break. That is, you know, it, it's a really good opportunity now, having played the likes of Man U, Liverpool, Man City, um, you know, to to play against you guys and, and really have a go back at St James's Park. We haven't been there for a while to really kind of go at you guys. And, and I, I am I am expecting a reaction of sorts on Sunday. I really am. And we, we need those three points as soon as possible because it has been a while since we've not won a game and we need that, that boost. Let's uh, just quickly look at some of the comments from uh, Hugh and Lopetegui's press conference today. He wants to take the pressure off the strikers after uh, our strikers have gone over a year now without a goal between them. Um, insists that the whole team must score goals. Uh, Diego Costa, as I mentioned on the Loaded Mag channel last night, uh, his injury when he got stretched off on Saturday is not expected to be as serious as it looked. He's expected to be out for at least uh, a fortnight to a month. Uh, decision to be made on uh, Huangi Chan and Bubakar tomorrow, tomorrow, who both are back in full training now. Um, based on sort of your team that uh, featured away at Man City, um, Pete, and looking at that lineup there on, on the screen, what sort of changes do you expect Eddie Howe to make for our game on Sunday? Well, he's had his press conference today, and it's, it's, been, it's been quite an interesting one um, because I think that a lot of the talk was about Wilson. And, and whether Isaac would start. Um, I think most fans are looking for a little bit of a change now, a little bit of a switch up um, and maybe bring Isaac in. We want to see Isaac play. We spent a lot of money on him. He had four months out with a bad injury um, up, up and around the World Cup break. And then we've kind of been easing him back in. But I think from what Eddie Howe has said, uh, in his press conference, the, the point that he made was that he didn't think um, Isaac is he's not ready to play a full ninety minutes. That that they were the words that came out. So a lot of fans are now confused. They're thinking, you know, he, it's going to be Wilson again, Isaac off the bench. But then there are some fans are thinking, well, actually, could that mean that Isaac starts, plays sixty odd minutes, and then we bring Wilson on for the last stages of the game? So a lot of fans are up in the air now. They were kind of adamant Isaac was going to be the choice. Now we're not quite sure what's going to happen. Um, it, again, we have the conversation about, you know, will, will Anderson Maximum play? Um, he, he didn't play against Man City. I do believe that was more tactical than anything else, From my, in my opinion. 
and I would expect him to come back in the team. But it's whether they're going to, um, you know, drop Almiron or Gordon because Almiron hasn't been great the last few few games, and he hasn't been nowhere near his best. And Gordon, he's a new he's a new player. He's just getting up to fitness, so they want to see him playing. They want him out on the pitch. So it's, it, they're they're the question marks really because the rest of the team, rest of the team is pretty much set. The cells will come out because um, Shaw is back from his concussion and he got uh, at the cup final. Um, you know the midfield is set because Joe Linton suspended. So we have you know, Bruno Gamares, uh, Sean Longstaff, and Joe Willock will come in. Uh, no doubt. And so it's really those attacking areas where we're not quite sure. And I'm hoping, I am hoping personally that Isaac starts. Um, I think he, he could cause some trouble to you guys in, in that defensive area with his pace and his directness. Because he has got more pace than Wilson. He is more direct. He likes to run at defenders. Wilson is very much a hold up, like battle with the centre backs, which I think the likes of Dawson and Kilman would probably prefer than someone running at them. I don't know what you guys think about that. Would you agree? Yeah, to be honest, I think if you fit now in the head, I mean, historically, Can Wilson has a really poor record against Wolves um, as well, like throughout his career. Yeah, whether that means too much when he was playing uh, for Coventry City back in 2013 or not, I don't know. Um, but you are right, the our centre half, you know, something like Craig Dawson. We've not necessarily seen him tested with the ball over him. Part of it's because he's a decent centre-half who's not getting caught out in position, but he's not getting pushed in those in those places. I, fe- I found it quite amusing, Pete, when you were saying, you know, our defence is pretty much set, our midfield's pretty much set. We just need to find that right formula up front. And I think I might have said that pretty much every week as a Wolves fan the last six months. Because <laughs> we, we have exactly the same issues in terms of, you know, finding that blend to, to make it work up front and I mean fortunately it seems like Newcastle have managed to do it a few more times this season than Wolves but yeah it, it was going to say it, it was interesting to say like you know, do you bring in someone like Alassane Maxman because I'm looking at our bench and going well do you play Adama Troy because you've got Dan Burnett left back and if, if it's not Dan Burn, it's going to be Matty Target and again historically both of those have been a banker an absolute banker to get a booking when they play against Wolves. Because at, at, by, by 50 minutes, they would have not pulled down a Diamond Trial Ray. I mean, a Diamond Trial wouldn't have done anything else in the game because it's a Diamond Trial Ray. But um, yeah, it, I, I, I say, in fact, it'd be interesting to sort of see how you line up, especially with those couple of edi- um, additional attacking players. Looking up that like looking at that lineup, Aiden for Newcastle that lost two 0 away to Man City last weekend. Um, what players uh, concern you from that lineup? I, I, I mentioned quite regularly on um, on Pete Show last night that Alison Maxman's always been uh, an absolute nuisance against Wolves. What what player stands out for you from that, that Newcastle squad? Uh, I'd definitely say Gamores. Um, do we play? It was last season where we lost one 0 at their place, and he, he mm. just ran ran the midfield. And uh, I just think he's 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 top quality, like world class. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think he's a big problem. I mean, hopefully Lamina. I think he he'd be better suited to coming up against someone like him. Obviously, we haven't had him before. Um, yeah, and uh, I think Isaac. I think he's the type of striker that definitely gives our defence a problem. Like, um, I can just see. Like, sorry. Go on, uh, looking at the. Um... 
the Wolves line up there. Um, obviously, Pedro Neto came off at half time uh, last weekend. Adama Traore had a, a, a blistering end to the game. What? Who's your front three to face Newcastle on Sunday, Aidan? Um, front three, uh, I definitely think Kenya needs to start. Uh, I think he needs to start again uh, with Jimenez. And out wide, I'd say Sarabia and I'd say Pedro Neto. Again, uh, I think Adama's just a lot better off the bench. I mean, I, I wouldn't be against him starting at all. I think he, he can give Dan Byrne and Matt Target a, a tough time, as he has done in the past. But uh, I think, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely go for him as a, an impact sub again. What about you, Rich? Who's your front three to uh, to line up against Newcastle on Sunday? Yeah, I, I agree with Aiden pretty much. I think Jimenez, obviously, is starting again. Yeah, he, he played probably the best I've seen him play this season. Um, against Spurs and even looked promising against Fulham as well. So that that's nailed on replacing Costa. Cunha needs to start again. He's the player who's making that link between the midfield and the defence. And Sarabia seems to be quietly finding his feet as well. Um, I know Kyrie still splits opinion on Wolves fans, and I, I get it because for me, Sarabia at the moment. He's like Diego Jota, Diego Jota, without that sense of aggression in his play, and I can see why that would kind of irritate fans. So I, I don't think I'd necessarily start Adama, despite what I kind of, you know, said about coming up against Dan Byrne, um, because I think that front three has the most potential and if I'm right I'm thinking it was a front three started against Liverpool as well. Um so I think that inter that interlinking play should benefit us. And again, I'd be keeping the same midfield three in Lamina Nevers and Nunes as well because that that's again hopefully got the most balance and dynamism. Um and then fingers crossed um Trio is on the bench for us as well if he passes his fitness test. Uh, Pete, coming back to you for this Newcastle side, uh, Joe Linton is apparently out for the game on Sunday, which is going to be a big blow for you due to obviously his energy and physicality he brings to your team. Who's who's most likely to replace Joe Linton? Firstly, you're right. Um, Joe Linton's a massive miss for us. He's been probably, you know, arguably one of our top three players of the season. Uh, he's been outstanding for us, but he, he you know, he's wholehearted. And that's why he gets so many bookings, bless him. But um, um, he's going to be out for the next two games, uh, unfortunately for us. But um, the, the, we haven't got many other um, other, uh, other options, I have to be honest. So it will be Willock that comes in. Uh, Willock uh, just made the cup final after having a, a bit of a hamstring injury against Bournemouth a couple of weeks before. Um, he came on, I think, in the cup final. Um, he then played uh, as well, came off the bench against Man City. So um, he's looking like he's back to full fitness now. And you know, he's, he's, he's going to be an important player. We need him fit and firing because he does get us up the pitch. He loves to carry the ball long distances. He's he, you know, deceptively very, very quick with the ball at his feet. Um, and he come on and made a real difference to us against Man City. It was actually really weirdly, uh, you, you probably didn't watch the game, but... Um, Man City scored their second goal against the runner play because we just brought on Isaac, ASM and Willock. And we had like two or three really good chances. Like I'm talking like we should have put at least one of them away. 
um, and Willock came on and made a massive difference, as did these actors. I, I do believe that um, Willock coming back in and firing like that will be will be a, um, a good a good way to combat your midfield three because then your midfield three you just put up there, you know, you, you, Neves, um, uh, Mario Lamina, and uh, Nunes. I think I think you said those three. Um, good. That, that's that's a good midfield three. Um, and, and it should make for a really, really good battle. And it could be the difference. It could be the difference, whoever wins that battle in there. Yeah, I made the comment on our, on your show last night, Pete, that um, I feel that where the game will be won, it will be on our right side and your left side. Obviously, if Alan St. Maximum comes in at left wing, you've got Adama running at Dan Byrne or um, Matt Target. You've got Alan St. Maximum running at Samado. I think Nelson Samado will struggle to deal with Alan St. Maximum the, the few games that we've played against him. So that's going to be a, a key battle on, on Sunday. We did have a light-hearted segment on your show last night, Pete, where we talked about um, footballers for Newcastle and Wolves that have got uh, sort of celebrity lookalikes. Uh, obviously, you've got Matt Ritchie on your subs bench, who's similar to Gordon Ramsay and, uh, and Anthony Gordon there. He looks a bit like Princess Diana. Can I hear <laughs> other people's suggestions? I'll come to you first, Richard. Any players, past or present for Wolves, that look... Similar to celebrities or characters, Ooh, you've put me on the spot now. Um, yeah, no, if anyone's watching on the obviously in the comment section, let us know your oh, look and likes for former Wars players, past and present. Come back to me, I'll, I'll think of one. Um, anyone stand out for you, Aiden, off the top of your head? Just have a random one. I, I said, um. Matt Target looked like Doug Funny from Nickelodeon. That that seemed to go down a little. It seemed to go down okay, but then obviously someone from the comment section said he looks like Sherman from American Pie, which uh, won the battle in my in my opinion. Um, I I think Matt Target looks a bit like Kenny Jacket. Um, I think I've got yeah, I can see that similar. Face in, in the face. Um, I think uh, Lisa in your comment section said like um. Matt Target looked like a gerbil, didn't she, Pete? So I can understand the, the Kenny Jacket resemblance there to a degree. Small pupils, that front uh, booked. Definitely. Um, any um, other lookalikes that? Any other lookalikes? Can you think of any, uh, Pete? Past or um, present? What for either team? Uh, oh God. Oh, I don't know. Um, I can't think off the top of my head. Um, or you have to come back. Okay. To my, what I, I, I think mine's a bit of a stretch. I do think Mateus Kuna does look a bit like Josh Denzel. Yeah, the Sky Sports presenter, a former Love Island Lafario. Is yeah. that the one? Yeah, that's the guy. I do see that. Yeah, D D Danny P from uh, Baltimore in the comments section saying Sarabia uh, looks a little bit like uh, Diogo Jota. He has been compared to. Um, he has been what's the, he has been described as an, an Aldi Jota by some Wolves fans, Pablo Sarabia, which is a bit unfortunate for the guy. We may as well just settle, guys, that Anthony Gordon looks like Princess Diana. God rest her soul. <laughs> let's have um, our score. Let's just have our score predictions for the game on Sunday. I'm going to come to you first, Aiden. Newcastle Wolves Sunday, four thirty on Sky Sports. What's your score prediction? I'm saying one all for the five hundredth time. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the easy money is. Um, everyone knows uh, Aiden's uh, been on more fences than Ron Seal, so he's going for the one-all draw. Uh, Rich, what's your score prediction? 
the the e. I was gonna say I really want to say one one, but I can't now. Um, I, I, I don't feel I can. Um, I'm gonna be confident in Wolves for once and go for two one. I don't quite know how we will score two goals, but I don't know. I, I think uh, Pete, as you, if you were saying, I think it's gonna be a really hard game of football for both sides. I mean, like you said, you compare those two midfields. That is proper blockbuster midfield um, so I think it's definitely going to be tight and unfortunately I'm going to have to be biased and think that Wolves will win Pete for those that haven't got two hours of their spare time to watch your episode last night where I joined you just remind us what your score prediction was for Sunday's game uh, I've got it I've got it as a as a a, a battle um, a battle on Sunday um, but I I think they're always close games, so I've gone with a, a Newcastle one where one nil. I think we'll nick it. We're desperate for a win, a little bit like last season, really desperate for a win. I think we'll get the goal and then try and um, and obviously ensure that we we get those three points uh, in the bag. Um, that, that's that's what we went with last night, so I'm sticking with it. Stick with that one nil. I boldly went for a 1-0 win towards did not pay based on the fact that Raul Jimenez has got a, a good goal tally contribution against Newcastle and Nick Pope in particular. He looked he looked he looked back to the Raul of old, didn't he, last week, Rich against Tottenham. Uh, I mentioned that sort of one moment where he chased their fullback down and ended up clearing it out for a corner. Obviously, created the goal for Adama Traore with a nice touch away from the defender and getting his shot away. I'm hoping that the old Raul is back and he can kickstart his season by getting us the winner on Sky Sports on Sunday. There's still quite a few people um, in the comments section talking about football lookalikes. Uh, Mark Todd saying, uh, Carrius looks like Thor. Um, Mark Todd saying, Anthony Gordon looks like Claire Balding. And uh, Ponce <laughs> DeLeon with another comment saying, Jamie O'Hara looks like little Dan, but I mean, I've never really, I've never had that one before. I've had Danny Murphy. I had Ian Beale in Murphy. school. I've had various ones in my life, but I've never had, um, I've never had Jamie O'Hara Ponte de Leon. Uh, thanks for your comments on picture? there. Who's the guy in your picture you just had when we had the two teams up? Who, uh, oh. uh, Pedro Neto. Pedro Neto. Um, yeah, yeah, on the picture you put up a, a second ago with the two squads, um, I can't remember. Yeah, but if it's Pedro Neto, he he looks like I don't know if you remember from EastEnders. Is it uh, uh, Beppe DeMarco, um, the EastEnders character? He looks a little bit. It's, like it's him. purely it's purely the goatee, isn't it, Pete? Is it, it's purely is it, the goatee. It, but it, 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 the goatee is <laughs> definitely playing a part. But there's, there's, there's some similarities there. I've, I, that's my one. I'm throwing that one out there. Yeah. Pete, that's that's as bad as my uh, Matt Target looking like Doug Funny. It's purely down to the the uh, the goatees, and I'm going to let Pedro Neto let you know what he thinks about his, his, your his com your comparison of him looking like Beppe DeMarco. Very oh, very false. No no no, Ooh. very very false. It's so false. It's very bad. <laughs> we we must have had that on Streamyard, Dan, for well over a year, and neither of us have deleted it. For one moment, <laughs> it has been worth it to save it for this. Always forward thinking. I knew that Pedro Neto video was going to come in handy at some point. It's false. It's very, very false. 
<laughs> right, before we end the show, just just want to say thanks to everyone that's joining us. Thanks for everyone that's commenting. Make sure you uh, like the video before you leave because it's going to cost you nothing. It's going to help us grow as a channel, get our, our shows in other people's YouTube feeds and, and whatnot. As always, we end the show with um, sudden death uh, squads, which if you don't know how the game so uh, yet, I'll be picking a game from a previous Newcastle versus Wolves game. Uh, it's sudden death. You have to name a player that featured in the game. If you get a, a player wrong, uh, you're out of the game. Unfortunately for Aiden, this game was in May the 9th, 2004. <laughs> so Aiden's going to have to try and uh, use some sort of uh, wisdom beyond his, uh, his age to try and remember yeah, players that were featured in that game. Day. So uh, this was... Uh, you mentioned that you went for the one-all draw, which would be the 500th one-all draw. This was, I think, the 249th one-all draw in the history of Wolves back in 2004. So, uh, Pete, as you're our guest, I'm going to come to you first. It was Newcastle's one, May the 9th, 2004, and this game mathematically relegated Wolves back to the championship that day. Name a player that featured in that game, Pete. Um... I'm going to go for the obvious and say um, Alan Shearer. 2004, yeah, Alan Shearer. Alan Shearer. Alan Shearer did lead the line for Newcastle that day. I'm going to come to you next, Rich. Um, would have been second half of the season, so Paul Jones in goal. Paul Jones did playing goal that day. Aiden, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you two attempts if you don't if you don't get your first, I'm gonna give you another game and then I'm gonna leave it to the the old score to uh, play it out. Uh, we said Dennis Irwin. Dennis Irwin was correct, Aiden. You're still in the game. I love I love to see the kids fighting back at the old ones. Back to you, Pete. Um, uh, I'm gonna go. Shay Given. Shay Given was in goal, the uh, the island uh, goalkeeping legend that is Shay Given. Uh, Going to come back to you now, Rich. Can I just double check? It's featured in the game, not starting. If you name a sub, you have to go again. Oh. Okay. Um, <coughs> actually, that's quite... Well, I know he scored for Wolves that game, but I can't remember if he started or not. But Viogenea scored... Yeah, Viagonaia was a sub that day, so you'll have to go again. Okay. Um, he came oh, on for Dennis Irwin. Oh, okay, then. Um, then I'll go for Carl Court. For Former Wolves. Newcastle striker, Carl yeah. Court. The Carl Court Classico on this Sunday is a correct answer. It's <laughs> back to you, Aidan, to stay in the game. Name a player from Newcastle Wolves, May 2004. Mark um, Kennedy. Mark Kennedy is another great answer. Eh? My favourite Wolves player of that era and probably my top 10 Wolves favourite players of all time. What a left foot. Uh, back to you, Pete. Name another player from May 2004. Um, I'm not sure about this one, but I'm going to go for it. I'm going to say Craig Bellamy. Unfortunately, Pete, you're oh, out of no, the game. No. Craig Bellamy was not in 
the match day squad that day for whatever reason. He was probably causing a nuisance somewhere, maybe. <laughs> threatening to break someone's legs with a golf club, maybe. Or just being an absolute nuisance that is Craig Bellamy. Would kill his own family to win, a, to win three points. He is that footballer. Uh, Rich, it's you against Aid and now to win the game. Name a player that featured in May 2004's fixture between Newcastle and Wolves. I'm going to stick defensively. Go Isaac Ocaronco because he played again the back end. He didn't play first half season, he played back end. Yeah, this was our second from last game of the season, I believe. And Isaac Ocaronco did start for Wolves that day. Aiden, can you stay in the game with Rich winning this week's sudden squads? Surely Paul Ince will be playing, though. Paul Ince? I believe Paul Ince, Dave Walls. It's, it's tense. This, this is the longest sudden death squads we've had this season. <laughs> it doesn't usually last half as long as this because usually Jeff has got someone wrong. It's back to you, Rich. <laughs> uh, Lee Naylor? Lee Naylor was our left back that day. Let's keep it repetitive now. Back to you, Aidan. Um, say Jody Craddock. Jody Craddock did not play ah. for Wolves that day, and this week's winner is Richard Hobbs. But I'm just going to quickly show you the goals from that day. Lee Bowyer was the goal scorer for Newcastle, and obviously, as Rich mentioned, uh, Vialgenea equalised late on for Wolves, which uh, ended up the game finishing with St James Park. Obviously, Lee Bowyer there. With a decent front post finish in the first half, and Vial Ganea with a Love lovely that. left foot drill Love finish. That. With, <laughs> that was I believe. I think that was my first reaction. I believe back in 2004, VAR was non existent, Pete, so you're going to just have to deal with it. That was um, this week's sudden death squads. On those two. Two points. We'll back they date those two points. We'll throw them on for this season. <laughs> There's a good chance that may have scuppered you getting top four that season. We might have to look at the league table uh, after the show to have a look at that. Uh, here's all the other answers you could have had in this week's sudden death squads. You had uh, Shy Given, Stephen Caldwell, Torres Bramble, Lauren Robert, uh, Gary Speed, Resty Soul up front for Newcastle with Charlotte Amiobi and Alan Shearer. Uh, other players that you could have had for Wolves, uh, Henri Camera, uh, Colin Cameron, Paul Butler. Um, yeah, that's this week's sudden death squads. Thanks to everyone. That's joined us on the Wolves Fancast match preview at Wolves Fancast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Pete, tell everyone where they can find you and the, the rest of the Toon Army. Um, you can find this at Loaded Mag and UFC. You can see it on my description just there. YouTube channel. Um, come and give a subscribe. Like as Dan said, we're very welcoming fan base on Loaded Mag and UFC. Always have uh, fans from various different clubs and and love to get everyone involved. So come and join us in the chat to talk all things Newcastle and football in general. Um, on our way to 6K, so help us along with that. That'd be much appreciated. And again, I just want to say massive thanks to you guys having me on it's been a pleasure really good chat yeah it's always a pleasure having you on pig as i said um okay. if you like football just like a good football chat uh watch the loaded mag and ufc channel um they're on every other day in the week similar to ourselves at wolves fancast as i said mentioned on twitter facebook instagram youtube please uh drop a subscribe if you haven't already we're close to breaking the 2000 mark so uh we appreciate everyone that continues to support the channel whether it's on social media or on YouTube, um, 
thanks again to 90 Min for helping us put together this channel. Just another reminder, we've got a uh, two-ticket competition today, Redwoods charity match, uh, Shrewsbury 11 versus an old-school Wolves 11 at, um, I was going to say, Gay Meadow, which Montgomery Waters now, Rich? Yeah, that's it, yes. Yeah, 26th of March, Shrewsbury 11 versus Wolves 11, an old-school Wolves 11 um, featuring um, Dave Edwards, Carla Kimi, various other legends from that era of Wolves. Um, as I said, I hope you all have a great weekend. Hopefully, we'll be back on Sunday with a podcast to celebrate a win over Newcastle. But if if not, we'll be there on Sunday to help you uh, catharticise about the defeat. Is that the right word, Rich? Yeah, if it isn't, I think we all know what we mean. Yeah, we'll, we'll help you get. We'll help you get through, like we always do. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to Aiden for making his fancast debut tonight. I hope you'll uh, come on again Thanks a lot this week. Days. This week we've we've got Trampoline uh, who are on tour in April with their latest single uh, together to play us out for the show. Everyone, keep safe. Take care. God bless. At Wolves Fancast. Good night.